So welcome to the Quality of Mind Transforming Business podcast. This is where we explore the new game-changing understanding that can unlock new levels of performance, resourcefulness, and well-being in the workplace. Join us if you want to be part of the new breed of leaders in business. Join us if you're fed up with the conventional echo chamber. And join us if you want to be part of the new revolution in understanding how the mind works and recognize that we are more than just our psychology and that that can lead to better results. So welcome to the Quality of Mind Transforming Business podcast. And in today's episode, I'm lucky enough to have another great interview. And I am joined by Barbara Patterson from the U.S., and Bob's, Bob has a wealth of experience, which she's going to tell you about in a moment. She does many, many things, uh, but she mainly works with uh, entrepreneurs and business people. And she works all around the world as a coach and a consultant. She also has her own podcast show, uh, which is great. So I'm going to put that all in the show notes so you can check it out afterwards. Um, but welcome to the show, Bob. Yeah, thank you for having me, Piers. Been looking forward to it. Well, thank you for giving up your time because I know you're super busy. So um, really looking forward to us having a chat. Um, to start with, could you just give people um, a little intro into you, um, just a couple of minutes on how, what your background and how you got into this work and particularly into this understanding of these principles? Yeah, I am. Well, I live on the West Coast, the Pacific Northwest of the U.S. in Portland, Oregon. And um, I have been in the personal development, professional leadership development and organizational development my whole career. So that's 25 plus years where I've been looking at how to develop myself, how to develop my clients, my teams, my organizations. And I've been lucky enough to do that all over the world and have lived abroad. And so this idea of how to transform, how to create change, how to kind of help myself as well as clients kind of step into new levels of performance and fulfillment has been a passion of mine most of my life, actually. And uh, about 11, no, no, in 2011, about eight years ago now, I was living in Paris and working for a global company there as the head of talent management and leadership and all of learning. And it was a great company. And, you know, I really loved the people I worked with and what I was up to. But I just started to feel this kind of personal draw to want to go back and do my own business. I had had my own consulting business prior and just felt like it was time. And so as I was doing that, I thought, well, I'm going to hire a coach. I'm going to hire someone that's going to help me do this transition and be really successful. And through a series of just kind of happy accidents, I came across Michael Neal. And um, I reached out to Michael about working together and we had an amazing first conversation and decided to, you know, do this. And it was really through Michael that I started to get introduced to what we're going to be talking about today, to this idea that um, our state of mind, equality of mind is having a direct effect on everything from fulfillment to performance to well-being. And I was 
hooked pretty early on. I could feel in my original conversations with Michael that something was shifting in me in a really helpful way. But because it was personal at first, I really, you know, I just, I embraced that, right? <laughs> and, and what I was receiving and seeing for myself. So originally I was like, oh yeah, I can do this with my one-on-one clients. But then pretty soon, not, not too far in the distant future, I really started to connect the dots about how this is applicable, not only applicable, but game-changing for organizations and businesses if they could see it too. I mean, that's a, that's a great little, little history there. And, um, you know, I, like you, sort of got into this through Michael. I think we met back then as well. And um, I knew that you had a, a, a great background in business from sort of the organizational side and the L&D side and development side. And it was very interesting, wasn't it, when we came across this? It was for me anyway, and I don't know whether it's true for you, but having learned many things about how to get the best out of people. I mean, I've been, I've been a coach now for sort of 18, 19 years. I thought I kind of knew my stuff. And then this comes along. And to start with, it's, little, it's almost like writing off some of the things that we had been doing. Um, and then over time, you get, as you say, you get gripped by it. So what would you say uh, from all your experience now, both sort of pre- your understanding and post, <laughs> what would you say are kind of the key differences that you see for yourself and now for your business clients? Yeah, well, you know, I'll say that while I was totally up for it and up for the idea of doing whatever it takes to be the best person, I, best version of myself I could be, I was up for helping my clients do that and organizations and teams and leaders. Um, but there was always something puzzling to me. I, would, I was really curious about why, you know, for instance, I could do a, a three-day training in an organization and people would get affected, they'd get inspired, you know, they'd see, they'd want to go back and change. But literally, you know, a few days after it was if all the learning, you know, never mm. happened. I noticed that some people seemed to take the ball and run and others didn't. I was always curious about that. And I was curious about that for me too. Like, why could I change in some areas more easily and other areas just look like it impossible? Now, because I, you know, like I said, I was up for it. I would go after those places that looked hard. And it looked like I needed more of something more information, more discipline, a different personality, more skills, more coaching. I went to my past. I looked at my psychology. Mm. You know, it just, there were a lot of things. And, I, and by the way, when I worked with leaders and entrepreneurs, we look at the full picture. So it looked like, you know, they were at A, they wanted to get to B. And the way I helped them was to uncover kind of hidden blocks and, you know, their strengths, their weaknesses and all of that, which I... Um, you know, obviously, I, it had some level of impact because I did it for many years, and you know, and and yet there was always that puzzle. What about this piece where people want to change and they can't? And this understanding about the role that our quality of mind, our state of mind, is having for me was the missing link. And I'll talk about it in the way that. I realized, oh, this is like a hidden variable. Mm. When we 
see it, we can leverage it. When we don't, we're a victim to it. And I realized like underneath all of our skills, our experiences, our knowledge, our competencies is this quality of mind, this variable, our state of mind. And you can see like um, that's affecting, that can in a way trump any training, you know, and I always give this example because I think it's so simple to see, you know, you can have a leader that goes through a training on how to be a better communicator, how to give great feedback as an example, and they sincerely want to do it. They, mm. they want to improve their uh, ability to have more influence in those types of conversations, yet they go into a meeting and they're rushed irritate it, have other things on their mind, a really sped up internal space, all that training goes out the window. Mm. And what people feel is exactly what's going on, where their internal state is. So when people learn about this, they get an eye for it, it becomes visible. They're able to leverage it in really helpful ways. So that's why once I saw that, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm in. This is the conversation that I want to be having with organizations and with entrepreneurs and leaders. I think that's you know, so interesting how you, how you describe that because it's kind of hiding in plain sight, right? So it, it, we're, we're always in a level of aperture, a quality or state of mind. We just don't yeah. recognize it. Yeah. Or if we do, we justify it away, assuming the situation or the circumstance needs it. Or, you know, and what we're pointing back to is going, no, 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 it's coming from the mind, you know, not the other way around. So, and once people see that, they, as you said, they can leverage it. So what would you say then, again, from all your experience and, and maybe some, some of the people you've interviewed on your podcast, how come this understanding has been the game changer for them? What's got them so impacted what is it about it, do you think, the nature of it that has that transformative, almost pervasive, sustainable uh, benefit for people? Well, I don't think it's a far reach for people to see in a really common sense way that where their head is affects their performance. Like in a very just simple way. I think once you begin to talk about it and you, you know, you can see it in examples, like if you're in a job interview, the more anxious, uptight, worried you are, you know, the ver- the degree of that versus your ability to just feel comfortable in your skin affects how you do in an interview, right? And people begin to see it with presentations is another example where people get really anxious Um, The other thing I've seen just consistently in a lot of companies is this kind of social anxiety. You know, a lot of executives, a lot of leaders, CEOs, entrepreneurs, they have to like go out and meet with clients, potential clients, investors, and a lot of them have a level of social anxiety about it. And they've written that off as, well, I'm an introvert and that's why. Mm -hmm. But yet when they begin to see there's a variable related to where their mind is and their ability to be more comfortable at those events or in those conversations. They're, they are able, in those moments when they need it most, do what's helpful to them. Mm. And it's interesting, isn't it? Because just, you know, just to clarify what we're saying to listeners here, 
when we when we say you know people can leverage or they're able, it's a little bit different to how you know prior to eight years ago for me and and, and same, same for you, Bob, you know, and how we would have helped people be able back then, which is, okay, here's a psychological strategy or technique or tool, or here's something to apply to help you be more able or to leverage a better version of yourself. Now, what happens with this understanding is it's, well, at one level, it's simpler than that, but at one level, it's more mysterious than that, right? So it's, it's kind of both. It, it's because there's an invisible source to, to the system, isn't there? That once people fall awake to, they don't need to make it so hard to access their best version of themselves and, and that self-conscious, anxious thinking drops away. So how, would, how do you describe that? You know, how does this understanding kind of turn up for people? You know, because we were not activating it like we would have done in the old days with a psychological approach. So, so how does it turn up for people in your mind? Well, one of the things I would say is, you know, people come and they say, well, I want to get rid of my anxiety. Or they come and they say, I want to be more confident. If I were more confident, this would go better. Or they say, um, you know, I, I need to, you know, not get as um, reactive you know, and, and you're right. Initially, it looks like the removal of those, you know, overcoming those is the goal. But because we are all human beings um, who live in the experience of what our minds are doing in any moment, and we don't control what comes in, ultimately, what happens for people is they just get better at being uncomfortable in a way and another way to just talk about it. And that may not sound as sexy as get rid of it, you know, (laughs) Mm. but it's incredibly empowering and it is a game changer. Like I can't control my, that at times I get insecure, anxious, but because I understand that my experience is being brought by thought in the moment and thought is fluid, that I have some degree of perspective about it. I'm not as anxious about my anxiety. I'm not as worried about my um, uh, worried thinking. That ability, in a way, what we're saying is you have the ability to be an experience, but not have it have you. Mm -hmm. That can sound too simple, but Mm -hmm. if know if you really look at what we're talking about, you see there's so much power in that because it allows people in the moment to lean more in the direction of what they're up to, the task at hand versus what their mind is doing, you know? And so that way it's, it's like they're not taken down or derailed by anxious thinking. They're not taken down or derailed by an insecure thought where before their anxiety or their worry or the pressure kind of consumed them. Mm. Yeah. So it's, it's almost what you're saying there is it's more people, how people have their relationship to their thinking rather than, than yeah. you know, not being gripped by it and it not spiraling yeah. Um, yeah. because they're just, they're more like a two or three year old, you yeah. know, and I, I always use kids as a great example because kids don't care when they're, they're, they're bummed out, right? Yeah. They just get on with stuff. Um, yeah. And then they start to thingify it later. 
Yeah, that's right. that I was yeah. telling them to, right? But yeah. um, it, it, and 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 then it then it layers up and then it spirals. So yeah. we, we, we go back to that being okay, whatever. Um, right. Now I also want to ask, you know, go a little bit deeper. Whilst whilst I've got you here, um, yeah. because. Yeah. Once we get into this understanding with, with, with clients, uh, we often bring up and, and point to the fact that what we're fundamentally talking about is us seeing that the nature of the system, the nature of the human mind yeah. has a spiritual basis. You know, we, we, we are, whether we like it or not, you know, spiritual beings having a human experience and even pioneering science is pointing back to say, well, we don't really understand how consciousness works. There's something out there, but we don't know what it is. Science is starting to recognize that. Neuroscience is getting lots of question marks around how consciousness works. Now, the question people might have is they're listening going, so what? How's this going to help me get a better P&L? How's this going to help me, you know, manage my stakeholders? How's this going to help me with my work-life balance? So the, the, the very small question I'd like you to answer, Bob, is how, how does <laughs> having insights and realizations about our spiritual nature help us in a very practical day-to-day way when we're a business person? Yeah, no, I absolutely love this question. And this has, again, been kind of a personal exploration for me. But when I said earlier, I was first learning this and it was kind of helping me personally, it looked like this wasn't a business conversation for that very reason, the way you're talking about it. But once I let go of kind of how I had previously defined spirituality, you know, I kind of, I I took all that away and I just started to get more curious about the formless energy behind life. You know, that there is this formless energy, creative life force, this intelligence, you know, David Bohm calls it the field of active information, that uh, science calls it energy, you know, there's a lot of different names for this. So I want to encourage people to just get interested in their own way and their own learning curve on this. And I guarantee you will see what we're talking about. But one of the things is if you look at the innate nature of who we are, like how we're designed, you're going to see some things. And these things are going to help you realize there's more on offer for you, that we have this internal resource going for us that is underappreciated you know, for many of us. And what that is, is you start to see our minds left to their own devices clear. That we write ourselves in any situation. That our minds are designed to have these out of the blue ideas, these problem solving. You start to see that all day long, something can look really confusing. And then you have just a moment of clarity and it starts to loosen everything up. That moment of clarity We aren't manufacturing it. That's part of the design. All day long, we're having shifts of perspective, shifts of consciousness, shifts of understanding. And you hear people will say, yeah, oh yeah, I get the best ideas when I'm driving or I'm um, in the shower. You know, that all points to in a very simple way that your mind gives us gives us those kind of aha, simple clarification, or you see like your mind will naturally dwell on something and then then it gets preoccupied by something else. Do you know, like your mind shifts, it's all fluid. And when you see, like, and just invite people to see the common sense, see the truth in what we're saying, you realize, well, oh, 
if that's true, if that's true, what are the implications of it? So that was one thing was I started to get less kind of on my case about thinking I had to manage my state of mind. I had to manage my thinking. I was up to me to grow, to evolve, to figure things out. And I realized, oh, wait, no, we have this other thing going for us. And I'll just share a quick story that um, there's a great book out there by um, Joseph Jaworski called Source. And um, all he talked about was he's a researcher and forgive me, I'm, I'm likely going to get some of the details wrong, but the point is there. But he was asked by a large oil company with um, another individual to help switch their culture from more bureaucratic to an entrepreneurial one. Well, because they were researchers, they went and investigated what makes entrepreneurs, like really successful entrepreneurs, what is it? And based on that research, they saw a couple of things, and I'm using my own language here. But the first thing that successful entrepreneurs are able to do is suspend judgment. Mm -hmm. And, And you and I, in our work, would call that, you know, like letting go of thought looking at something with a freer mind, letting Mm. thought go, our previous ideas about it go and getting more present and listening deeper. And then as they do that, they sink to um, what he calls the bottom of the U. They turn this into the U theory. And at the bottom of the U is where they get new ideas, where innovative, creative ideas come on how to solve a problem or create a business. And then they go back up the U to implement Now, Joseph got really curious, what's happening at the bottom of the U? What is that? And that's exactly what you're talking about, Piers, and what we talk about, that there is a creative potential of our minds to help us rise to the occasion to figure things out, to refresh, to reset, to rejuvenate. All of that is already wired within us. And again, if we get curious about it, we'll deepen it for ourselves. But he interviewed people from all over the world, from theologians to scientists to physicists to um, business people. And what I found most interesting about that was nobody, nobody disagreed that that exists. Mm. They all had their own name for it, but nobody disagreed that it exists. And so in a really interesting way, it's like, well, if that's true, if that's true, if I'm this human walking around kind of, you know, feeling my thinking and experience life, but I also have this innate capability inside of me, how does that help me? And in business, it helps us because we realize I can show up to a difficult conversation and not over-prepare. That in a conversation, something will occur to me today to do, to say, I just get present and that helps. I don't have to, you know, create 20 what if scenario uh, ideas in my head for a future conversation. I can just show up. Or when something looks difficult and I'm struggling and I see I'm bogged down by thought, I'll do what's best, which is often to walk away versus trying to push through it. And you see cultures change. I have so many examples of clients and people that, you know, have seen this come through for them in a real world way day to day in their business. So that was kind of a long-winded answer. No, it's, it's, it's a great answer. And, and there's a lot in there that, you know, I can't unpack it all now given, you know, in a short podcast, but there's, there's some great stuff in there. And I think, you know, there's sort of one of the first things is, 
it's debunking what this, this, and I use the word spiritual just to be disruptive, really, because it has no place in business. But all it really means in my mind is nothing to do with religion. It's just yeah. there's an intelligent source behind life, right? Yeah. Yeah. And the outside world has no causal power. It's, it's coming from somewhere else. Yeah. But the intelligence of that source does all the things that you just mentioned. And, you know, we'll, we'll let it digest our food and pump our blood around our system. And, but it's also looking after how, how to talk in a business meeting, right? It's also helping us with creativity. It's also helping us with resilience and clarity. And that's an inbuilt capacity yeah. to the system. Now, yeah. I never used to rely on that in that way because I thought somehow I, me, in my intellectual psychological smarts had something to do with that operation. Yeah. And then to have the realization, oh no, I don't. I'm actually running interference inadvertently, innocently, yeah. visibly yeah. to that intelligence source was big news. Because <laughs> yeah. it, it yeah. spins it around. And the other wonderful thing about something being outside the world of matter, I guess, or, you know, being spiritual, we're going to call it, is there's no roof, yeah. right? So what we are capable of in any moment, we just don't know. Mm. And A, it's not our job to drive the car to find out, and B, we don't determine exactly what it's going to be. We can fall back into sort of relying on this thing um, that's got our back and it take, that takes a weight off and it takes the toil and wear and tear off what it looks like the business world can do to us, you yeah. know, and I'm sure you've met these amazingly successful entrepreneurs and business people that seem to do about 15 different things, yet they sail through their day, you know, and you're like, how are you so calm and just peaceful? And other people are doing half as much, but look, twice as busy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and, and one of them, the former is kind of falling back into this, letting this intelligent source do more of the heavy lifting. And the other one's trying to psychologically manage it. And I guess the other bit is, and, and you, you, you pointed at this is that all we have to do is get an appreciation of that insightfully. Mm -hmm. And it's there for us, for anyone. You know, this isn't to do with your IQ, your EQ, your demographic, your ethnicity. Anyone, anyone in your business has that. Mm. Um, and that's culture changing. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, it's so wonderful. So, um, yeah, I mean, do you, do you hit people kind of uh, with, do they sometimes get a little... Uh, Let's say there's someone listening right now that's going, I'm sort of with you guys, but well, what do you mean intelligent source to, to you know, what, what, what are you pointing to? You know, is this a bit going a bit wishy-washy, woo-woo? Well, how do you answer that question if someone sort of puts that one at you? Well, I think if everybody takes the time to get open and explore what, the, what we're talking about, they'll have their own knowing of it. And, you know, some people, I, I, I remember one um, entrepreneur I was speaking to, he was an inventor. And, you know, initially when we started seeing like he didn't have to, he thought his intellect was his bread and butter, right? Mm. So he, 
he was really, but he was starting to have anxiety and panic attacks. And so we began to work together and he saw the relationship between sped up thinking. He knew like, okay, that's not a good idea, but it looked like he had to manage it. So when we started talking about the nature of the mind and how it's designed and getting into these kind of formless energy, at first he just, it didn't, he couldn't go there. And so part of what we did was eventually one day he was talking about confidence and he said, I wish I just felt more confident. And I said, well, describe that to me. And he said, well, it's, I walk into a room and I know where to go. I walk into a room and I... Um, I'm able to be present and be in conversation. He said, I, I know what decisions to make. I'm not second guessing everything. But as he was talking, you could feel, I'm like, oh yeah, that's what we're talking about. That flow feeling, that feeling of you're not even on your mind, but you're kind of knowing where to go and things are occurring to you to say. And in that, that was our way in. And so with him, he started to see, oh yeah, those moments have a different feel inside of him. And, and just, and that was his beginning way to see, oh yeah, maybe I, I have more going for me than I realize. It's not all up to my intellect. And just mm. a funny end of that story, we did an intensive about a month later. He asked me on that call, what would you call that? And I said, well, that might be something I might call like the intelli creative intelligence of life. And he goes, yeah, no, I can't go there. I go, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. Yeah. Um, but then what's yeah. really funny is about a month later, he um, came to see me for a four-day intensive and we were out at dinner and he said, you know, I got to tell you something and you're going to just think I'm absolutely weird. And I was like, okay, tell me, you know, and he said, there's something bigger out there. We're all a uh. part of something. And it was such a great, like, that was his journey. That was, you know, meaningful to him. And everybody has their own way of discovering that inside of them. And here's the other thing I just want to say. It's so ordinary. That's why you miss it. Yeah. Now, we have moments that, like, appear extraordinary, you know, like synchronistic things where the feeling of flow is awesome. But I think what you and I want to encourage people to do is, no, no, see the ordinariness of it, the everyday nature of it, and you will naturally realize you can rely on it. I, I, think, I, I think that's so great because it's ordinary and miraculous at the same time. I think there's a famous Einstein quote about that. And, and, and it's practical and profound at the same time. Yeah. And yeah. it's really joining the dots, reverse joining the dots to go, oh, that. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh that, that's what this intelligence source is? Well, I, I, I get that. But yeah. you, because you can't learn that intellectually or apply it. And, and most of us, you know, our conventional education has been that way, which is to kind of learn it, do it, apply it, do it. You know, you have to see this and, and that sometimes is helped by the mind just slowing down a little. And, and a lot of us with a 24-7 pace that we've got, it isn't slowing down, it's speeding up. So, so I guess our job is just to slow it down a little bit, to point in this direction. And that's what these podcasts are doing for people who are listening now. If you've you know, had half an hour just listening to us ramble on, maybe the mind's a little fertile now. So, so what's it feel now as we're talking about this than it did 10 minutes ago? You can even spot it in 10 minutes yeah, because the right. system's always at work, right? And if you've been able to just to chill out while you've been listening to us, you might even feel it right now. And, and that's the ordinariness, isn't it? It's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's great. So, you know, I, I feel like we have the luckiest job in the world and it's kind of the easiest 
yet the hardest job in the world to point to something that people already know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's all we're doing. So um, times are ticking. Uh, it's flown by, Bob. Is there anything, I mean, you've always said some wonderful things, but any, any kind of, you know, if you had a couple of things just to say to any business folk out there who are a little curious by this, what would your kind of top tip be about carrying on being curious? What would you say to people? Well, I would say um, if something sparked in you in this conversation to keep exploring, whether you continue to listen to your podcast peers or you go and research others, um, I think that follow that. Follow that spark, that thing that's percolating in you. I think that's the best thing that you can do. But, you know, again, to, to really, I, I think for myself, I, I, you know, had a, have had a, uh, a wonderful career. I've been lucky. I mean, it's had its bumps, don't get me wrong. But I thought that was there because of all my striving, pushing, um, controlling. And when I realized like, oh yeah, there's, that is optional. Mm-hmm. And that we have something else already going for us that we can access. And when we understand the role thought plays, when we understand our innate capability, when we understand more about quality of mind, those things help us across the board. Business is one area, but it helps in relationships and in parenting and just our overall well-being. I, I think that the two great points, you know, if, if this resonates, go there a little Go with it a little. And what's the downside? Okay, you might waste some time listening to podcasts, but, but the upside is this kind of, as Bob just said, this kind of uh, pervasive shifting of everything in life, not just work. Uh, and that, that's a big upside. So um, I think that's great. So um, thank you so much, Bob. Um, it's been wonderful talking to you. I'm going to put some details in the show notes, but um, Bob has a podcast called Real Business, Real Lives. She also does events called Beyond Limits. Um, I'll put her website and all the podcast details uh, in, in with the show notes. Um, please check out what she does. It's great. Uh, she has some great guests on her show. Um, um, but thank you once again for giving it your time to come and have a chat. Thanks for having me, Piers. It's been nice to connect with you. So thank you, everyone. Um, until next time, have fun being curious. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, please reach out and leave us a review and a comment. If you want more info, check out makingchangework.co.uk or Piers Thurston on LinkedIn.